Welcome to the broadcast today. I'm Carolyn Savell, and I'm filling in for my husband, Jerry Savell. And we can't begin to thank you, friends and partners of this ministry, for all that you do in making these programs possible. We love you so much, and because of you, we can take this around the world. Well, I have the honor and the privilege of speaking today on a subject that I love so very much, and it's the precious blood of Jesus. And I can't begin to do this subject justice in just a short amount of time that I have on these broadcasts. You need to get in the Word and dig out every scripture on the blood and just allow it to become life to you. I want us to begin today in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 16. Where a testament is, there must also have necessity be the death of a testator. Jesus is the testator, and the testator is the word covenant maker. So Jesus is the covenant maker of the New Testament, and it was necessary that he die, and that he die shedding his blood. Had he not done this, the new covenant would not have come into force or come into existence. The name of the covenant maker would not be effectual. And the name of Jesus is effectual because of the death and the resurrection of the testator. The name of Jesus and its authority is a part of the overall covenant. The name of Jesus is effectual if the user is washed from his own sins in the blood. Now look at Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. He, Jesus, is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. And also in Luke chapter 22, verse 20, he, Jesus, took the cup after supper, saying, This cup, the New Testament of our covenant, ratified in my blood, which is shed or poured out for you. And he said, If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what manner of death he should die. You'll find that in John chapter 12, verses 32 and 33. Now, let's look at how Jesus' blood was poured out. Number one, Jesus' blood was poured out in the Garden of Gethsemane. His sweat was of great drops of blood. Luke 22, verse 44, his blood was poured out. You know the story, how that he went to his disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said, what, can you not pray and watch with me for one hour? And he went back and he prayed even more. And then you know the story, he even went back again and he tried to wake his disciples and they were still asleep. And he went back and he prayed more to where his blood, oh, great sweat was poured out by blood. And that's one of the examples of Jesus's blood being poured out in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then we find out at the whipping post, he says in Isaiah 50, verse 6, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. And I want you to listen at this. The plowers plowed upon my back and made long furrows. That's in Psalms 129, verse 3. The plowers were the Roman soldiers. They plowed with the Roman scourge. They made long the stripes from the top to the bottom of his back. And number three, when they placed the crown of thorns on his head in Matthew chapter 27, verse 29. The crown of thorns woven from the common thorn bush in the Middle East. It opened Jesus' head to let bloodstream flow. The bush had smaller thorns, 
a sharp stinging poison resides in the thorns, was released into his scalp as the mock crown was placed on his head and he was smitten with the reed. I went to uh, Israel several times on tours and I bought a crown of thorns and they were the small thorns and I brought it back and I looked and looked for it so I could bring it and show it to you on this broadcast, but I couldn't locate it. So just think that crown of thorns had poison in it. And when they pushed that thorn down into his skull and to his scalp and blood began to go into his face and run into his face and think of the stinging poison and how that went into his eyes. But think blood poured out. And in Isaiah 52, verse 14, the Amplified says, For as many the servants of God became an object of horror, many were astonished at him. His face and his whole appearance were marred more than any man's, and his form beyond that of the sons of man. He was an object of horror. And number four, when they beat his face, blood poured out in Matthew 27, verse 30. And number five, when they pierced his hands, his hands were nailed by the sharp Roman spikes into the wood. If it was over his head and they were crossed like this or whether it was stretched out like that where the spikes were put into his wrist, blood poured out. And now in his feet, his feet were placed the one over the other while the spike was driven into his flesh and he was nailed to the cross while the timber pole was put into the ground. No doubt several soldiers heaved the pole with the sacrifice in the air and they pierced my hands and feet, Psalm says in verse 22, 16, and blood poured out and they pierced his side with a sword. And it was the custom of the soldiers to break the legs of those still living towards late afternoon to finish the death. John chapter 19, verses 33 and 34. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. Think about that. Blood poured out again for you and I. In 1 Corinthians Chapter 5, verse 7, Christ, our Passover lamb, is sacrificed for us. We're living in the last of the last days. We're living in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. You have got to learn to use the word, the name, and the blood in these troubled times. So I want to talk about using the blood as a way of protection for you and your family. As I've said in previous broadcasts, I was raised in a godly home where the term I plead the blood of Jesus was used on a daily basis. My mother would pray this over our family all the time. I want to tell you a funny story about Brother Jesse Duplantis. When he was a little boy, he went to the movies and he saw a Dracula movie with the vampires in it. And his mother had told him not to go, but he wanted to go anyway. I think he was maybe about eight years old, maybe a little younger. And he came back home, and that night when he went to bed, he had a nightmare. And his mother went into his room to ask him, Jesse, what's the matter? He said, Mama, Mama, they're getting me, they're getting me, they're, they're, they're sucking the blood, they're sucking the blood. 
She said, Jesse, I told you not to go to the movies and see, see that about Dracula and the vampires. Well, his mother began to pray over him that he would have calm, that he'd have peace, that he could go back to sleep. And she said, I plead the blood. I plead the blood over you, Jesse. And he was, no, Mama, not the blood, not the blood. They love the blood, Mama. They love the blood. So every time, every single time I plead the blood over something, I think of Brother Jesse's words, not the blood, not the blood, Mama. They love the blood. Well, just the opposite is the truth and the fact. Satan hates the blood because he does not have any. And we were created in, in God's image and likeness, so therefore we have blood flowing through our veins, and that's what makes us an enemy to Satan. So you've got to learn to plead the blood because it's holy and it came from heaven, and it was God's idea to put blood in man and breathe life into him. So blood is a holy thing that God instituted from the very beginning in the book of Genesis. Hallelujah. So, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Plead the blood. Plead. The word plead does not mean beg. The dictionary defines the word to appeal, to entreat earnestly, to put forward a plea of a specific nature in a court of law. And I ask our attorney, Wayne Mathis, to give me a definition of the word plea. This is what I received from him in terms that I could understand. Plea is a method of rules and procedures by which a party will present in a statement of the facts of the case and the basis of their judgment. Well, the plea has already come in, and the court of the universe has already declared that the blood of Jesus was enough, and it paid the price. So, folks, we have the power and the authority, and we've been given the privilege to use the name, the word, and the blood. We are a people most blessed. So it's all semantics over a word and over terminology where this definition is concerned. I personally don't care how you say it. I use the blood. You can plead the blood. You can put it on. You can apply the blood. You can appropriate the blood. You can sprinkle the blood. You can say I cover it with the blood. You can smear it. You can rub it in. However you want to apply the blood. The point is, I'm trying to get across to you, is use the blood. Do something with the blood. Don't get caught up on little words and say it's not for us today. Don't get caught up over a word, plead. If plead offends you, don't use the word. Use the word appropriate or use the word apply or use the word use. I use the blood of Jesus against you, Satan. It's our weapon that has been given to us to defeat the enemy. The old timers use the term all the time. My mother did, and even prior to my mother gaining knowledge of it, uh, she used the term, I plead the blood of Jesus. With the crazy people and all the crazy happenings that's going on today, with gunmen going into the schools and the malls and the movie theaters and the churches, I'm telling you, you'd better believe in the blood of Jesus and his protection around you at all times. You know, we had a... Uh, years ago, Wedgwood Baptist Church here in Fort Worth, there was a gunman that went in and uh, killed people right here in our own hometown of Fort Worth, Texas. So you don't want to be out enjoying uh, an evening with your family and a gunman come into McDonald's or like they did in, in uh, Waco and some towns in, in South uh, Texas 
or you don't want to go, you know, like just what's happened at the schools. You, you don't want that to happen. You want to be protected at all times. So I'm telling you, the blood is a powerful tool and I want you to use it. Well, before we go any further, I want to pull out some testimonies and begin to read to you victory because of pleading the blood of Jesus. Okay? Pleading the blood of Jesus. I want to read to you this testimony. John, after joining a new firm that he was hired at, felt impressed one morning to do something he'd never done before. He went to work extra early, walking around the empty office complex, pleading the blood of Jesus over every office. That morning, no normal work routine prevailed. But about 2 o'clock that afternoon, chaos suddenly broke out. Three men came in with Uzi machine guns, burst into the office complex, screaming everyone down on the floor. John and his secretary were in his office when they heard the commotion outside his door. John rushed to the door to see what was going on, only to find himself looking down the barrel of an Uzi gun. Get down on the floor, the gunman yelled at him. There I was, John said, lying face down on the carpet and the man's foot pressing into my neck and a machine gun pointed at my head. I kept repeating, the blood, the blood. The gunman was very nervous. Over and over, he demanded, what are you saying? Shut up, shut up. But I just kept pleading the blood of Jesus over and over. And the Lord gave me great peace the entire time the gun was pointed at my head. John continued, I couldn't see what was going on, but I could hear the thuds and the blows and the moans of pain from the gunman hitting the other employees. Then I heard one of the gunmen yell, we've got to get out of here. They ran out of the building just minutes before the SWAT team arrived, alerting, alerted by employees in the adjacent building. Police investigation later revealed that the gunman had been hired to kill someone who worked in my firm. But only as John's fellow employees related to him afterwards the details of what had happened did he realize the magnitude of God's intervention during the attack. When the gunman first stormed in, one of them confronted the man that they'd been hired to kill. Pointing that Uzi gun at the man, the gunman pulled the trigger, but the machine gun jammed. Then one of the other gunmen rushed into the same office and tried to shoot the man with his gun, but his gun jammed also. By now, the gunmen were so frustrated, they just started pistol whipping the man. They also went through the complex, hitting all the men with their guns, and all the men, that is, except John. The final casualty count of the incident, no one was killed. Five out of the six men in the office complex were injured. The sixth man, John, a blood-bought child of God, was completely unharmed. John said, after the ordeal, the police interrogated me, trying to find out why I was the only man uninjured. I said, I am a Christian, and the blood of Jesus protected me. The Bible talks about the Israelites. They applied the blood of the lamb on their doorposts so the death angel would pass over them. I pled the blood of Jesus over me and those gunmen passed over me. John said, the, blood, the Lord showed me that by pleading the blood of Jesus throughout the office complex that morning, people's lives were spared during the attack. 
After all, two Uzi guns don't just suddenly jam for no reason. Two weeks later, my secretary was born again as a result of seeing God's protecting power that day. And I believe God placed me in that firm at a crucial time to stand in the power of his word during a dangerous, dangerous situation and thank God for the truth I learned about appropriating power in the blood of Jesus. Oh my goodness, wasn't that a powerful testimony about the blood of Jesus, the powerful blood of Jesus? Let me give you one more that is so very powerful. Several years ago, this man, another man named John, not the same man, was in a conference, and a gentleman was on top uh, of a scaffolding with his Betacam camera, filming everything. And because he was so high up, because of the heat and the lights, he passed out. And when he passed out, he fell, and as he fell, the Betacam camera fell off the scaffolding and hit the woman that was sitting on the, uh, in the auditorium right on top of the head and split her head wide open. He said it looked like a watermelon splitting open. I turned when I uh, heard people scream, and I looked and saw the blood gushing out of this lady's head. They picked her up and rushed out of the back of the church that we were attending, and as the speaker was, was going on, continuing to speak, he said... Uh, the minister, well, let's lift up our hands and let's, let us worship the Lord. Let us just thank God for the blood of Jesus and that there is healing in the blood. About an hour or so later, as the service was going on, the pastor of this church whose conference was being held in came up and he began to tell everyone what had happened. There were two doctors in the service that came to the back to examine the lady and see if they could help in the situation. When the camera hit this woman, it did actually split her head wide open uh, where you could see the visibility of her skull and the bone inside. The pastor said, as we began to pray for this woman, when I went back, the Lord reminded me that in the book of Ezekiel about the blood, and I began to speak and command it to dry up for this lady to be made whole. I kept my hand on her forehead and head. And he said about 25 minutes later, after we all were confessing the blood, the blood, we plead the blood. He said, I took my hand away and the gash that was in this woman's head listen at this, had disappeared and her forehead became completely smooth like my forehead is now. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Does that give you goosebumps? So this woman came running down the aisle of the church and she stood in front of everybody and she said, I'm healed, I'm healed because of the blood of Jesus. You could see that her forehead was completely smooth and everybody just began to worship the Lord and I'm telling you, God mightily moved because of the blood the precious, precious blood of the Lamb. Let me give you another, another testimony. This is one about my own mother. Mother was visiting me recently, and she told me of this story happening. My mother and daddy would always entertain guest ministers in our homes, and one Sunday after a church service, and uh, several of them, they'd all come back to the house, and my mother was going to prepare Sunday lunch, and 
some of them had gone back to change from their Sunday dress into casual clothes. But mother, trying to get the food on the table quickly, put on a big frying pan of hot grease, and she was going to fry the chicken. Well, mother was standing there, and there was still another minister in the kitchen with her. And as mother went to put the first piece of chicken down in the hot, boiling grease, and I don't know what temperature grease has to be when, it, when it's bubbling, but mother went to put the chicken into the grease, and she put all of these fingers down into the grease. And as she dropped the chicken and pulled her hand out, the pain was so intense, she grabbed her hand and began to say, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over this. And she stood there pleading the blood of Jesus, pleading the blood of Jesus, pleading the blood of Jesus, because the pain was so intense. And she said the minister was standing there beside her, and he was praying, and he was praying in the Holy Ghost, and he was praying in his heavenly language, and he was pleading the blood of Jesus with her. And my mother said after a few minutes, she took her hand away from that hand that had been in the grease, and she was made completely whole. The pain was gone. There was no sign that she had put her hand down in that bubbling grease. I'm telling you, we serve um, a mighty God who gave us his word, gave us his name, and gave us his blood. Oh, my goodness, what a God we serve. And let me give you one more quick testimony. Mother said that she uh, was sitting in the back seat of the car one day, and uh, as they had uh, gotten out, done what they were going to do, and she got back in the car, and uh, we had some relatives that were there. And as my mother, uh, as my daddy slammed the door, he slammed the door completely in all of my mother's fingers. Well, my uncle was sitting in the back seat, and as my mother grabbed her fingers, and my uncle saw him squashed flat in the, in the door, mother began to scream, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the blood, I plead the blood, I plead the blood, I plead the blood. And I'm telling you, my uncle, who wasn't a believer, he saw my, he saw my mother's fingers flattened to nothing. He looked at them, and when he saw my mother pleading the blood of Jesus, and after a few minutes of her declaring the name of Jesus, the word of God, and the blood of the Lamb, I'm telling you, when my mother took her hand off, her fingers were made completely whole again. Oh, my goodness. Think about it. Think about what we have been given. We have been given the precious blood of the Lamb. We have, we have the right to use the word. We have the right to use the name. We have the right to use the blood. So please watch this announcement, and I'll be right back. There is power in the blood of Jesus. In the four CD teaching set, a revelation of the blood, Carolyn Savelle reveals powerful insight into the true meaning of the blood of Jesus. Learn how to use the blood to protect your family, overcome sickness, and achieve victory in every area of your life. We've sang about it for years. Now learn how vital His blood is for you. In the life-changing book, The Intensity of Your Desires, you will discover how to reach the heart of God and receive the very desires of your heart. If you've ever wondered why some prayers are answered and others still aren't, then this book is for you. Stop praying hit and miss and learn the key to unlocking the answers to your prayers. Request this powerful combo by Carolyn Savell, a revelation of the blood and the intensity of your desires. Call or go online to jerrysavell.org 
Don't wait. Learn everything you can about the power of the blood today. You'll want to order these resources because there's absolutely no way that I can cover all the material in the amount of time that I've been given. So don't delay. Order today at jerrysavelle.org. All right, let's continue. We're going to give some more testimonies because to me these are powerful things about pleading the blood of Jesus. When you've realized how powerful that name is and the word is and the blood and you see that all that he paid the price for when he went to the cross, I'm telling you, let's get right into more wonderful testimonies about the blood. This lady, is her name is Lynn, who's a first grade teacher. She was in her morning devotions and she was prompted by the Holy Spirit to go to school early that day and walk around her classroom. And as she began to walk around her classroom uh, and went out and walked on the sidewalk, there had been many experiences, uh, many disturbances at school that summer. There had been break-ins and harassment and over older neighboring students. So as she walked around the classroom, she walked out the door, walked around the sidewalk, went back to her blackboard, and uh, she felt prompted uh, to walk up and down different areas, pleading the blood of Jesus. After praying for a while, she felt a release in her spirit and began to rejoice in the Lord. So the children arrived shortly afterwards, and we settled into our normal classroom routine. About an hour later, I was standing near the door, writing on the blackboard, talking to the class. Suddenly, we heard a banging on the door. I looked out the window, and there stood the principal, and the security guard, and a police officer, anxiously inquiring if we were all right. I had no idea what they were talking about, so I tried to open the door to talk to them, but the door was caved inward. And this is what had happened. There were these young men who had stolen a car. And as the boys all jumped out of the car and ran away, uh, the car was abandoned. And it seemed as if an unseen force propelled it straight towards their classroom. And as Lynn listened to the men relate what had just happened, she knew that the blood of Jesus had delivered her and the children from Satan's strategy. She realized that God had even protected them from hearing the commotion so that they would not be frightened. This car traveling at 40 miles an hour with a driverless runaway car sped directly towards her classroom, targeting the very spot where Lynn stood writing on, a, on the blackboard, unaware that she was seconds away from certain destruction. As witnesses looked on in horror, the car suddenly screeched to a halt for no apparent reason, stopping mere inches from Lynn's classroom door. Destruction was Satan's plan, but this evil strategy could not get past the power of the blood of Jesus. Oh, my goodness, power in the blood of Jesus. I don't think I can say that enough. So here's one more testimony I want to give you. Um, last night, my son had just left home to go to the gas station and continue on his way, only return home shortly thereafter. His car was shot at through the passenger window, but the bullet turned into the panel instead of going straight through him. I can only thank Jesus for his blood and for his mercy and his grace. 
One more testimony. Patricia was diagnosed with AIDS several years ago, and earlier this year she was told by the doctor that her T-cell was so low that it cannot be measured. It considered 10 or 11, and in the meeting she learned about the blood of Jesus, and it grew and increased from to 66, and then it climbed and increased to 89, and then to 135, and then to 246, and then to 253. And I'm telling you, her blood is normal today. Glory to God. Her T-cell count has increased, and it was confirmed by her doctors that it's all because of the precious blood of Jesus. She has been made whole. Until next time, this is Carolyn Savell reminding you that your faith will overcome the world.